exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. This is Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Milanowski. Today, Samantha Hassel joins us on Cumberland Road. Samantha is an ordained Cumberland Presbyterian minister. You may have seen her writings in the curriculums as Faith Out Loud, Feasting on the Word, Growing in Grace and Gratitude. She was a writer for the 2016 Presbyterian Youth Triennium Small Group Manual. Samantha is a graduate of Bethel University and Memphis Theological Seminary. She and her husband, Reverend Victor Hassel, have three children. Together they serve at the Sturgis Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Samantha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I would like to start our conversation with a question about journey and experiences. I find a good place to start our faith journey is by asking, can you recall your earliest experience with God? I don't know if I can identify my earliest experience with God um, because I feel like I'm like one of those prime examples of someone who made a profession of faith. I have just always known God's presence in my life and in the life of my family. Um, my parents raised us in the church. Uh, it's, it's just literally all I've ever known. In fact, last week I was watching some junk show on Netflix and there was this line that really struck me. Um, it, the line was talking about a marital relationship, but uh, the quote is something like, uh, that's the thing about a long love, your heart's muscle memory just knows what to do. And I thought, oh my gosh, mm. I'm going to grab that line and use it sometime. <laughs> and now I've gotten to use it. Um, and I just thought that's, that's what it's like for children who are, who are just raised faithfully and, and raised up in the faith for those of us whose baptismal promises have been fulfilled. Um, now, certainly um, along my journey, I have known like this is God speaking to me or this is God's action directing me. But as far as an earliest memory, I just don't think I can go back that far. I've just been so blessed to always know God's presence. Where are the places God has taken you in this loving relationship? Well, you know, it's funny because for me, so much of that is tied into not just me as an individual person of faith, but me as a person who's called to vocational ministry. So, so many of those times that I've really known that God was prodding me um, are tied to my call. Um, I can remember as a young person choosing Bethel as the college that I wanted to attend. I had no idea why. I grew up in a, a rural town in western Kentucky, um, but I knew that Bethel existed, and for me, that was, it's, I don't recommend this, but it's the only school I applied to. I was, I was determined, <laughs> um, I was determined to go to Bethel. I look back and I know that that was God's hand. 
at the time I was probably just a stubborn teenager, but when I look back, I know that that was God at work. In fact, um, I don't know if you know this or not, because we were at Bethel at the same time. It was my senior year of high school when the called meeting of General Assembly happened, um, determining whether or not to shut Bethel's doors. And I remember feeling anxious about that. Like I had put all my eggs in the Bethel basket. <laughs> and if those doors were going to close, I was, you know, really in a pickle. And I remember sitting in the back pew at church. I grew up in the Rose Creek, Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And I was sitting there in the back pew and my pastor, Reverend Paul Stone, uh, happened to walk past and I expressed to him my worry over this meeting that was taking place that very weekend, actually. And I remember he kind of laughed at me, of course, not in a cruel way, but almost in a like, oh, you have little faith. And he just kind of patted my shoulder and was like, you know what, just don't worry about that. You are, you are going to be right where you're supposed to be. And we're just not going to let that be a worry. Hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, he knew a lot. <laughs> And he was right. I, I ended up at Bethel, which I know really set me uh, on a path um, that has gotten me to where I am today. Um, I feel like I've strayed way far from your original question, but no, not at all. <laughs> when you chose Bethel as your school, what kind of career or vocation did you have in mind? <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing you're not interviewing my mom for this podcast. <laughs> um, so when I started Bethel, I really had no idea. Here's the deal. I, I knew that I was called to some sort of ministry, um, but I knew that it wasn't pulpit ministry. And growing up in a small church, oh, I'm so grateful for the church I grew up in. I love that church so much. Um, some of, I had some of just the most kind and wise and faithful Sunday school teachers and um, people who volunteered to do a youth ministry when youth ministry was me and my cousin who was the same age as me. And um, so I didn't have a really broad understanding or view that like youth ministry could be a vocation or that Christian education ministry was a vocation. So as a college student, I didn't know that those things existed really, um, or I didn't know that they could exist for me. Um, and so my, my thought was, well, I'm, I'm called to ministry, so I'm going to work towards that. Well, at the time, Bethel didn't have a Christian ministries major. So I think I was well into the second semester of my sophomore year. I remember my mom calling me and saying, it's time to pick a major. <laughs> like, it's time to like settle on a path. You're almost halfway through college. Pick something. Um, so I picked liberal arts with a minor in religion. I figured it was the best I could, <laughs> I could cobble together. But my senior year, Victor and I were married. And um, early in that second semester, right before I graduated, I got an email. It was a forward sent out to all of us who were CP students preparing to graduate. And Chaplain Hames sent it out to us. And it was an email from a church in Nashville, the Woodbine Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and they were looking to hire a Christian educator slash youth pastor. 
and I read that email and I still get goosebumps right now even thinking about it because I sat in admissions where I did work study and I read that email and I just thought oh my this is this this is the ministry that I'm called to and I did not know how to put it in words but here it is in an email and I printed that email off and took it home to Victor and showed it to him and Victor's always down for a good time and he just said you know what then go for it let's go for it we were living in West Tennessee at the time and he said Let, let's do it so I guess the rest is history as they say <laughs> Let's talk for a moment about how your faith in Jesus Christ gives you purpose and how you see that playing out in your ministry. I guess I always think of it in the way that I say it to children. Jesus came to show us what God is like. Jesus came to show us who God is. And when I look at the person of Jesus and I see that reflection of God, the creator of the universe, I want to model that, and I want to lead others to want to model the ways of Jesus, too. I feel like one prayer I pray more than anything is, God, through Jesus, make me able. <laughs> I kind of joke that most of the time I'm just winking it, and I fake it till I make it, and I think that throughout the years, God, through Jesus, has made me able. Um, and I just, I love Jesus. I want others to love him too. So what is it about God that keeps you coming back and identifying with the Christian faith? I think for me, it's the nature of God's steadfastness. Because in my own life, I've seen God's presence, especially when I wondered what the heck was going on. There was always God, which to me, and we see that in scripture, the steadfast love of God or just this, that steadfast nature. So I just trust that there's nothing I can do and nowhere I can go where God is not. And if I can trust that, then I guess I feel like I'm able to do anything. That's that early example of wondering if Bethel was going to remain open when you were a senior in high school. <laughs> yes. Something you yes, have no exactly. control over. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is hard for me. Each of our journeys has us traversing in, in ministry, whether we're ordained to word and sacrament or not. What is happening in your life and ministry now? Well, I feel like that question is like two-pronged because there's like pandemic now, <laughs> like <laughs> regular world, world normal now. Um, I'm coming up on the first anniversary of my ordination, um, which thrills me. You just have no idea. Um, so just in the last year, I've seen my call get to evolve, even in small ways. I got to um, baptize some of my youth late last fall, quickly after my ordination. I got to marry one of my former youth just about a month ago. Um, so those things bring me so much joy. Um, you know, just getting to, to serve communion anyway that I get to serve the sacrament. So, so those ways, in those ways, my call has evolved um, recently. And that, you know, that was a that was a long time coming for me. Um, so I still stand and I, I hope 
that even you know 20 or 30 years from now i will remain humbled and joyful over that call that god has allowed to be fulfilled in my life here in pandemic time i guess i just see god working in us the way god is working in in all people who are in ministry or gosh any profession you know we're just reinventing our jobs as we go and figuring it out so but i'd rather focus on on real lifetime <laughs> your comment about the pandemic is a good segue for one of my favorite questions that i like to ask is where do you see god working in your life today well personally I have a middle schooler and a high schooler and a college student. So my prayer life is strong. <laughs> um, you know, if ever there was a time for me to be praying over my kids, it's while they are all three in such, such formative times in their life, all three different stages. So personally, I feel like that is one way I see God working. But even just professionally, it has really stretched Victor and I as we sought to faithfully manage a church during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, like all other pastors, we're reimagining um, what ministry looks like uh, at a time that is just so, <laughs> so opposite of what the church is. You know, we, we gather. <laughs> <laughs> we hug, we, you know, we share meals. Um, and so much of that is stuff that we're not able to do. So while it's been stressful, Victor and I have expressed to one another several times over the last six months, uh, gratitude for one another and the ways that God is shaping each of us individually and as partners in ministry. And it's certainly been frustrating and painful at times, but for the most part, it's been really gratifying too. Um, it's nice to work well with someone, to to have an entire church looking at ways to be faithful during a pandemic. Um, so in those ways, I feel grateful even in spite of the ugh part of it. <laughs> Samantha, for someone who has spent their entire life in the faith community that we call the church, what dreams and hopes do you have for the church? For the local congregation church, I hope that pandemic time will remind us of what our souls long for, um, that will be reminded, and I guess revived, if you will, to find joy in gathering as Christian community. I, I hope and I trust that the Holy Spirit will renew our gratitude for the role that a community of faith has in our lives. For our denomination, I would really love to see unification with our CPCA brothers and sisters. Uh, I just think we simply must find a way to become one. And I think it's Cumberland Presbyterians we like to use the word connectional a lot, as in we are a connectional church, but I'd like to see us look more like that instead of talking, instead of, I'd like it to be something that we actually are instead of just kind of our, our go-to tagline. 
Uh, I don't think the body of Christ is called to all think alike and look alike and talk alike, but I'd like to see our connectional nature lived out in such a way that our unity is evident. We can have different thoughts on particular issues, but we can still exhibit love and care in the unity of Christ. And I think for the church universal, I'd like to see us look, quote unquote, different than the world. Like when I just think of my youth room, just my youth group, I see the youth room as like the great equalizer. You know, kids can come into to that space and there's no hierarchy. Um, there's no uh, class system. They just come into that space and we are the youth group. And I would like for that to be a reality at all levels of the church, the local, the denomination, the church universal. I'd like for us to create a space where the community is more important than the individual. Um, and I guess just that we look more like what God's dream was for the church when, when, when Jesus Christ instituted it, um, that we look more like that. Those are great aspirations, and I think it's a progress or a journey that we can always strive for as a community of faith. Samantha, how can we continue to follow your faith journey? Well, you know, right now, everything's on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our worship services, like many other churches, are on our Sturgis CPC Facebook page. Um, So you can worship with us online every Sunday morning at 11. Other than that, you know, if you need to find me, the Internet will get you there. (laughs) <laughs> it's a wonderful tool in that respect that's right absolutely <laughs> samantha thank you for sharing your time today and this concludes our exploration of this episode of cumberland road thank you for joining us and tell a friend and travel with us on our next journey down cumberland road <laughs>